60 years ago, the Mayflower II arrived in Plymouth Harbor after a 55-day sea voyage of 5,500 nautical miles. She was greeted by a crowd of tens of thousands of spectators, including Vice President Richard Nixon and then-Senator John F. Kennedy. One spectator was Linda Cabot Black, who saw the ship first in Provincetown, then drove all the way to Plymouth to see her again. In this special soundbite from Interwoven, Linda shares her Mayflower memory in a fireside chat with Courtney Roy Brannigan. My name is Linda Cabot Black, and uh, I spent a great deal of my life on boats, and especially in, on the main coast. And I knew about Alan Villiers because I read The Last Grain Race mm -hmm. years ago. And I happened in Berlin, I don't know how, to get in my hands an issue of The New Yorker. Mm -hmm. And they had a profile, I believe, of Harry Camp, the poet of Prov Provincetown. And he was very busy promoting the idea that the Mayflower landed not in Plymouth, but in Provincetown which has all been, of course, confirmed by historians. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But at that time, nobody much cared, and nobody was thinking about it. And he made sure that they did think about it. And whoever was praying for and promoting the Mayflower replica, he made sure to get them to promise to come to Provincetown. Of course, he had to, well, somebody had to negotiate with Plymouth, mm -hmm because there was a good deal of rivalry on the subject, and Plymouth didn't want Provincetown to steal their thunder, un understandably. So uh, I was, for that, at that moment, living in Boston, I guess, with my parents in Weston, and so I, th and my husband, who was uh, trained to become an opera singer, a wannabe opera singer, and which is why we were in Berlin. So he, we had a Volkswagen Bug, mm -hmm. so we decided to drive around to Provincetown. What year was this? June 13th, no, June 12th, mm -hmm. 1957, mm -hmm. to see if we could see her come in. Mm -hmm. So... We were going to stay at a an old house in Provincetown. I don't think there was anybody in it, but you could rent a room. Mm -hmm. And we started listening to the weather reports and so on, the reports of her arrival. We heard on the news that she was making very slow progress. She had unfavorable winds and, of course, a square-sailed ship can't cannot sail very close to the wind mm -hmm. at all. So my then-husband decided he wasn't going to wait around. And so he flew back from Provincetown to Boston. Mm -hmm. So here I was in the little room in an empty house. And I went to bed. And in the middle of the night... I could sense that the wind had changed. 
And I ran out, got into my folks, into our Volkswagen bug, and didn't quite know where to go. But I remember that there was. It's not a lighthouse. What is it? It's a sort of observation yeah, tower kind of, yeah. in Provincetown. Yes, yeah. So I drove there. What is it called? Oh. Cape Cape Race or? Yes, uh, Cape's. Oh, I can't recall. I think it's Race. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. And I could see there was a guy up in the top with binoculars, and I said, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> well, she's just barely in sight. She's coming in. She's, you know, three miles west, east of the beach or something like that. So I drove to the beach and walked through the dunes, and there were three, two women mm -hmm. sitting on the dunes. Mm -hmm. So the three of us sat there, and we could just see her coming in over the horizon. Mm -hmm. And, of course, as you know, she to get to Provincetown, you have to go through an almost 300, almost complete circle. Yeah. It's like a hook. Mm -hmm. And so she started very slowly coming around that huge hook. And during the whole two or three hours... As she went around that hook, she began to be followed by little boats. Mm -hmm. And by the time she got around the hook, there were dozens and dozens of little boats following mm. her. It was really so exciting. Mm. So she came and weighed anchor, uh, anchored in Province Sound Harbor. And um, we, the, the deal with Harry Kemp was that no one was allowed to go on shore because Plymouth was absolutely determined not to let uh, this whole thing seal their thunder. <laughs> so the only people who were allowed on board were the mayor of Provincetown and Harry Kemp and maybe some of his uh, retinue. <laughs> so the rest of us had to pay somebody to row us around and mm -hmm. gawk at her. Mm -hmm. So that was, and then there was all there were all kinds of festivities and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. But of course, Plymouth was hoping that there would, there would be minimal celebration <laughs> in Provincetown. <laughs> so that night, I went back to my little room, and of course, from Provincetown to Plymouth is due southwest, mm -hmm. which is right against, dead against the prevailing winds. So she was stuck again. Mm. And I went to bed, and at six, five or six in the morning, it was June, so it was probably four or five in the morning, I woke up and realized the wind had changed. Mm. So I got into my Volkswagen bug and went down to the harbor or the exit from the harbor and she was just going out straight across Cape Cod Bay to Plymouth. Mm -hmm. mm. And it was very, I'll never forget it, mm. it was very, very memorable. Mm. And I drove slowly around to Plymouth. I kept trying to get as close as I could to the bay shore, but most of those roads are dead end. Mm -hmm. So eventually I got to Plymouth, and by that time, Plymouth was a zoo. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
there were a lot of parading, parade pilgrims and blah, 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 blah. Mm. And then I drove home mm-hmm. back to Weston. So that's my story. Learn more when you download or stream full-length interwoven episodes from iTunes or SoundCloud. For podcast news or to catch episodes first, join the conversation on our social media channels or visit us online at Plymouth.org. Got a Mayflower memory you want to share? Email us at pr at Plymouth.org. Interwoven is brought to you by Plymouth Plantation. It's hosted by Hilary Goodno and produced by Tom Begley. Our original theme music, Voices from the Past, was composed by John Dante Previdini. Thanks for listening.